It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Jesus, you're worthy. You're everything we need. We just want to thank you today, Lord, for being so good. My God is. So good, so good, so good to me. Jesus has been good to me. I just want to say thank you, Lord. All the times you've been there for me. You're worthy, Jesus, you are.
where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people all over the world. We give God the praise today. He is worthy. He is our healer. He is our deliverer. He is our protector, our provider. He is our salvation, our very present help in a time of trouble. Everything good has come from him. If you can think of anything good in your life, it has come from God. And he is worthy to be thanked. He's worthy to be worshipped. He's worthy to be praised. I just want to say thank you, Lord. You've been so good to me. I just want to thank you, Jesus. You've been so very, very good to me. We glorify him. We magnify him. We exalt him. We worship him. We extol him. We laud his holy name. Give him the fruit of your lips, the sacrifice of praise. We worship. Jesus Christ, we thank God for this another day, another opportunity to exalt him, to praise him, to bless his most holy name. This the Lord has made children of God. We are here to rejoice. We are here to be glad in it. Those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know we have started our most recent topic titled, We Got That Kind of Power. We Got That Kind of Power. You need to understand, child of God, that the power you need right now is already in you, whether you and I recognize it, whether we believe it, whether we, we got it. You got it. You got power right now to overcome every hurdle in your life. You've got power right now to overcome every difficulty, every trial in your life. You've got power right now, child of God. We got that kind of power. We looked at capital A in our outline. We got power to call things. We can call things as God called things. See, we can do that too. Romans four seventeen, Romans ten seventeen. We don't have to worry about being intimidated. We don't have to worry about what the devil and his children have to say we can call things what God called things. Bring this on down to capital B, everything we need. Now, you need to understand that in you right now is the power to procure everything you need. You got it. Now, whether you use it, 
whether you believe it, whether you accept it, all of that is your business and my business. But you've got that kind of power. We're going to look at Second Peter chapter one verse three. Second Peter chapter one verse three. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, His, or God's divine power, has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Capital B, everything we need. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name we pray. We thank you for another wonderful day you have made. Thank you, Father, for being who you are, doing what you do. We give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. We pray, Father, that you will bless us today with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding as we search your most holy scriptures. Forgive us, Father, of our sins, our iniquities, the mistakes that we have made in thought, word, and deed. Father, we ask that you continue to lead and guide us in your paths of righteousness for your namesake, that we might become shining stars in a wicked and depraved generation that we may do those things that are pleasing in your sight. This is our prayer. We consider it done. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. As you look at Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 11, it deals with making your calling and your election sure. In other words, you want to really know that you got this thing right. Making your calling. This is why anytime you do a job, you look back over your work to make sure that you have done it right. We all make mistakes. Sometimes we, you know, every one of these broadcasts that I do, I try to go back and listen to. Not only preach it, go back and listen to it. Make sure that, you know, if I said uh, uh, second, second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, and quote a scripture, that's where it's at. Because I, I make mistakes, you know. So, so, so we want to make sure. This is why, you know, we test. The Bible tells us to test everything. Why? We want to make sure. We want to make sure that our calling, we want to make sure that our election is, in fact, we want to make sure that, that we're on the right track. Our soul is too valuable to chance, uh, to leave anything up to chance. Let's make sure. You hear something, you're wondering if that's from God, check it in the Scripture. You have the Holy Spirit, check it in the Scripture. Check it, check it, check it. You know, it's one thing I love about uh, flying in airplanes most times. They be checking stuff over and over. Why? Because you got people's lives. You know, you got airplanes, they got two big engines on them a lot of time. You don't need but one to fly. You don't need but one to fly. You can fly an airplane perfectly well with just one engine. Even though they put two great big titanium, a lot of time titanium engines up there, but you don't need but one. I was on a flight coming back from... Uh, Nigeria one time, I think uh, we had touched down in Houston, and uh, we're leaving Houston to come back to Raleigh-Durham, 
And, you know, all of a sudden you heard like a poof. Some people say they smelled like turkey cooking. We up 30,000 feet in the air. The pilot comes on, you know, uh, passengers, you know, we're going to have to turn back and go back to Houston as a bird, a big fat goose. A bird has flown into one of the engines, and one of our engines is down, you know. So he turned the plane around and brought us back. Did it real, real calm, like, but it was a very, very uh, serious situation. Had there not been an extra engine, we would have we'd, we'd crashed, we would have died, you know. You say, Apostle, what, what are you driving at? The Bible even talks about let every matter be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. You, you don't need to be the only one saying that. You might be true what you're saying, but how come ain't nobody else saying that but you? Every matter, let every matter be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Now, here's what we want to understand, children of God, because we live in a generation where a lot of false prophets, a lot of false doctrine, a lot of false teachings are going forth. We have the word of God. That's one witness. And if we saying what the word of God is saying, that's two witnesses. Let every matter. Thank God that we had those two engines so that one went down. The scripture even talks about how it's not good for a man to be alone. That's the beautiful thing about having a wife. Beautiful thing about having a husband. You got somebody that, that, that's got your back. Because as surely as you are up, there's going to come a day when you're going to be down. As surely as you are up, there's going to come a day when you're going to be down. And it's a bad thing to be down and not have anybody to help you. You know, that's why I've been very thankful for, for many of the saints that have been around here these past couple of weeks with this back injury. I praise God for your lives. I mean, I've been hurting so bad I couldn't even get up hardly out of a bed. In fact, initially when it had happened, I, I fell down to the floor, couldn't even get up off the floor. But because there were there, those that were there that loved me, those that were there that had compassion on me, I was able to, to carry on. You know, I know we, a lot of times we think and feel like, you know, we're strong and we can do this and we can do that. Just as surely as you are up, you're going to be down. And what we want to happen and what we want to take place when we are down, we want some of those. Who, whose lives we've made an impact in, some li whose lives we have sown into, to be able to, to be there for us when we are down. This is why the scripture talks about when children, when your parents get old, requite them, which means repay them. It simply means when you were young and you were your little, you couldn't take care of yourself. Guess what? Daddy and mommy did it. Well, when they get old and can't hardly do and take care of themselves, there's going to come a time when you're going to be called upon to help take care of them. That's what good sons and good daughters do. Sorry sons, just like you can have sorry parents, you can have sorry sons and daughters. Sorry parents, a lot of them run around. Don't, you know, they don't even know where his son is at. Don't even know where his daughter is at. They never, never done anything for his son, never done anything for his daughter. They never even said, you got some sorry parents, sorry grandparents out there. Then you got some sorry children out there. Parents get old, I'll put them in a, in a, in a uh, mental institution or, or uh, old folk home. Don't care about them. Don't see about them. All that, all that is is when you got sorry parents that don't look out for children or when you got sorry children that don't look out for parents when they get old, it's just parents and children that didn't love the other. Parents that don't take care of their children, that they don't love them. Let's make it plain. 
children that don't requite parents when they get old, that's children that don't love them. Let's make it plain. Who do you think changed your when you went to the bathroom on yourself as a little bitty child and couldn't change your own, couldn't go to the bathroom for yourself? You couldn't go to the toilet? You couldn't clean yourself? Who was there? Normally, mommy or daddy or somebody that loved you. You wouldn't be where you are today without somebody that loved you and that, that, that helped you to get to where you are. So, you know, that's why when individuals that, you know, have loved you and have cared for you, when they come a time in their life when they need to be loved and cared for, you're supposed to be there as well. Make your calling and your election sure. My spirit, God, as I was preaching this and sharing this, the Lord kept flashing in my, in my spirit, Abishai. Now, most of us know about David fighting Goliath. If I have to ask you all right now, you know, and I heard T.D. Jakes preach this maybe about 25 years ago, and it's so profound, you know, and I still remember. He asked, he asked the congregation, he said, you know, uh, who, we all know about David fighting Goliath. But then he asked the congregation, he said, who was the next giant that David fought? Could nobody hardly say anything. Then he shared with him. He said, the next giant that David fought, his name was Ishbi Benob. And this character almost killed David. David had gotten older. He went down with the troops, going to try to fight against Ishbi Benob. The Bible says Ishbi Benob was armed with a new sword, a descendant of Rapha. Another giant, another big, mean, nasty joker. And David became exhausted and was almost killed. By Ishbi Benar. But the Bible says Abishai, who was David's nephew, he was the son of Zeruiah, which was David's sister, came to David's rescue. He came to David's rescue and killed this Ishbi Benar on David's behalf. And, and, and so, so Abishai's represent good sons, good daughters, good uh, uh, congregation members, good, you know, good individuals that when pastor, or daddy, or mommy, or bishop, or that, is down, these individuals are able to come in and help them carry on. We praise God for Abishai's. But understand that Abishai's, they must be, they must be taught. They must be groomed. Abishai was one of the young men that followed David down into the cave of Adullam. After David had killed Goliath, David's family followed him down to the cave of Adullam, and David began to share with them that giant killing mantle. Abishai was one of them that sat up under the anointed leadership of David and learned how to be a uh, giant killer of his own. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? Understand that good fathers have to be taught how to good, be good fathers. Good husbands have to be taught. Anybody that's good at anything has to be taught by someone that is good at that thing. You've got to be taught. You've got to be taught by someone that is either good at that thing or has a good knowledge of that thing. Good mechanics, somebody taught you. Somebody taught you how to be. Somebody showed you something. Good basketball players. There's been some good coaches somewhere. This is why normally good players, you know, I got a friend of mine right here in Kingston. You know, we played ball 20, 30, been playing ball together about 35 years. You know, had a little son, one of the top players in the country. You know, we went and watched him at a Christmas tournament this past Christmas. He was, and my friend was asking me, he was like, you know, 
Rob, what do you think? What do you think about him? I said, well, you know, first thing, he built like I was when I was young. You need to get him on some weights. His son is very skinny, but he's an excellent player. I think the night we saw him play, he scored about 28 points. We had about 10, 11 rebounds, four or five blocks. I mean, all-around player, much like his father was a very good all-around player, you know. And uh, this young man will be going to Duke, playing for Duke next year. School team has won about four state championships in a row, you know. Well, good player gravitate toward good coaches. If you're a good player and you're not gravitating toward good coaches, something's wrong with you. If you're a good Christian out there and you're not gravitating toward good pastors, good teaching, something's wrong with you. Normally sorry individuals want to gravitate toward sorry individuals, but individuals that are quality attracts quality. Why do you think so many people in the NBA want to play with LeBron James? Talking about the best, one of the best players in the world. Don't you know there's a whole lot of players would have liked to play with Jordan in his day? Quality attracts quality. You don't go out and buy a $200,000 Bentley and then put some $15 wheel covers on it. Quality. Quality. You don't jump out with no with no uh, $1,000 suit on and go get you some $15 shoes out of pick and pay. Quality. Quality. Make your calling and election sure. Understand that we're dealing with a God who is a God of quality. We are dealing with a God who is a God of precision. We are dealing with a God who is a God of righteousness. What we like in most stuff are qualities that come from God. You're not trying to go, unless you, you know, you're not trying to have the sorriest husband or wife in the community. Even if you are sorry, character, you ain't trying to get the sorriest husband or wife. You ain't trying to, trying to, trying to live in the sorriest of houses unless something is wrong with you. You ain't trying to wear the sorriest of Sorry, it's a clothes, drive the sorry, it's a car, unless something is wrong with you. You want quality. Most of us as human beings, we want quality. Now, we, most of us as human beings, we just, a lot of times we don't want to pay because quality costs. Somebody give you a choice right now. You can be out there listening to this broadcast all out of shape, all out of weight, all you want to. But if somebody was to say, if you had a choice right now between being in shape or being out of shape, unless something is wrong with you, you're going to pick being in shape. You might not want to exercise, but you want to be in shape. If somebody was out there and asked you right now, what's the choice between making, making uh, A's in your classes or making F's in your classes? Unless something is wrong with you, you're going to choose making A's. Now, you might not want to study, but most of us want quality. The problem is that most of us don't want to do what it takes to get quality. As most of you all out there right now on the sound of my voice, if you were a basketball player, who would you rather be like, Michael Jordan or, or Benny Bumpkus? Most of you would say, oh, man, I'd rather be like Mike, like the commercials. But, you know, but then if I was to ask you, are you willing to train like Mike? Do you want to spend the time in the weight room like Mike? Do you want to spend the time uh, running and, and doing drip? No, no, you ain't trying. But most of us want quality. Well, what we got to understand is that if you want quality, you want to get in the habit of, of working hard because quality comes through hard work in anything. Quality comes through hard work. 
Now, what God wants us to understand as we look at Second Peter chapter one verse three, His divine power. Now, let's 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 just let's, let's just deal with that right there. His divine power. You say, Apostle, why why we got to we got to stop right there because what's important for us to understand, children of God, is that's what God filled you with when He saved you. That's what your faith in Jesus Christ has caused God to give to you. You and I have been filled with the divine power of God. His divine power. Now, when his divine power comes, or should I say children of God, since his divine power has come, he has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Now, the Bible says he has given it to us. Now, whether you believe it, again, whether you accept it, whether you, all that's your business. I'm here to let you to know that you already got it. His divine power is already in you. Everything you and I need for what? Huh? Everything we need for what? For life and goodness. Not godliness. Life and godliness. Everything we need for life and godliness or everything we need to be like God so that we can have an abundant life is already in us. Now, if you don't tap into it, then you've just wasted potential. If you don't tap into what God has already placed within you, you like that, the, the, the parable of the man that had one talent who went off and buried it. Everybody else went out, put the talent to work, made, earned twice as much as what they had. The man that had one talent went off and buried it. Then when the master come back here, he come pulling out the same little talent that he was given. Master was very displeased. That's what you like if you don't tap into the potential that's in you. All right. All right. One of the saints is using that as an example, like tree sap. How did you got to put the put the tap into the into the tree? Now it takes a while for that tree sap to run out. Then you got to go and and do certain things to turn it into syrup. But but if you don't never put the thing into the tree, you'll never get the sap out. You don't never get the potential out. Well, so it is with us. God has placed in us all kind of potential, and you and I are going to be held accountable for the potential that God has placed within us. That's what the parable of the talents is all about, using what God has given you, using what the master has given you, if you to the fullness of, of your ability. You don't want to stand before God on judgment and he show you a thousand things that you could have done and then, and then turn around and show you the two or three little things you did do. So you're going to be in trouble. I'm going to be in trouble. No, because to whom much is given, much is expected. God knows he has given us much as children of God. No, you may not be the pastor. You may not be uh, uh, the bishop. You may not be an apostle or a prophet, but you is something, child of God. You is something, and you is something great, and God expects greatness out of you. For a child of God not to operate in greatness, and whatever it is that you have set your hands to do, then you need to understand you have upset God because God does not like wasted potential. God does not like wasted talents. God does not like wasted abilities. God does not like wasted gifts. 
You got, I say, look, you got that kind of power, use that kind of power. For what? Life and godliness. God said, you got power to be godly. God said, I don't want to hear it. You got power to, to live an abundant life. God to say, I don't want to hear it. Now, he's given us everything we need for life and godliness. Watch this. Through our knowledge of him. This is the kicker right here. It's through our knowledge. Because the less you know about what God has given you, the less you're going to do with what God has given you. This is now for some of you all that wonder, Apostle, why y'all got to be all in the word like this every day and always. And because we want to know more about this surpassingly great power that God has placed within us so we can use it and utilize it better. Think about your, your DVD player. Or your, your, or your smartphone. You don't know about a whole lot of stuff about your smartphone. Man, you come to find out your smartphone can do all sorts of stuff you didn't know about. I come to find out I picked up a smartphone some time ago. I had been typing all kind of messages and stuff that I've been sending to people all different around the world and through different social media. Come to find out I got an application on this phone. All I got to do is hit the microphone, talk in the phone. The phone will type the message. I was like, oh, my goodness gracious, have we started something here? And I ain't even got to talk loud. I could be like, uh, tell Pastor, I, hopefully I'll be in South Africa in August. Phone will just be typing. Blah, 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 blah. Hit a button and send a message. Why what? The knowledge. The knowledge. The knowledge. God has got a secret knowledge that you can't even get out there unless you're born again. Some of you all out there looking, what is this character talking about every day? You ain't going to know what I'm talking about till you get born again, till you get God's spirit. It's going to sound like foolishness to you. All of what, listen, you out there under the sound of my voice and you hearing me right now and you are not saved. That means you do not have the spirit of God. That means that you are under the control of the devil on your way to hell. Let's go and make it plain. What I'm talking about is not going to make any sense at all to you in the state that you are in. Because the God of this age, which is Satan, has blinded your little mind. So you can't see the glorious gospel. You can't see, the, you can't see what God is talking about. You've got to have the mind of Christ to appreciate the words of Christ. You've got to have the mind of God to appreciate the words of God. You've got to have the mind of, of, the mind of God. You've got to have a mind. Now, since we have, as children of God, we have the mind of Christ, God said, now you need the proper fuel. The proper fuel for the mind of Christ is the word of Christ. Now, you say, Apostle, what's the parable now? All right, you go out there and buy you a high-dollar, very, very serious car if you want to. Very finely tuned engine, you know, and they tell you, only use premium gasoline. You don't got this big-time car, they don't let you know. This car, they own this engine, only run off premium. You all out there going to put... Uh, the lowest grade of fuel in there, and then wonder why the car is not running right, running at its optimum. You got the wrong fuel in there. You say, Apostle, what you got in there? Understand, my brother and my sister, you like a finely tuned engine as a child of God. You got the Spirit of God in there, and the only the only fuel that the Spirit of God is going to work right off of is his word. It's his word. Now, you go out there and put the word of the world, the world, the word of the all this crazy stuff in, it, it, you ain't going to run right because the Holy Spirit can't run off that kind of fuel. The Holy Spirit has got to have the proper fuel, which is the word of what? God. 
go buy your fancy air conditioning unit if you want to. And instead of putting Freon in it, you're going to put helium in it. Wonder why your house is hot and everybody laughing. <laughs> house is on fire. Everybody laughing. Why? Because the helium, you know, or the, or the house is, you know, what is that? Is helium used as laughing gas? Ain't that the stuff they use? What do they use for laughing gas? Helium float. Helium float stuff up. What's that stuff they use for laughing gas? All right. But anyway, the point is this. You got to make sure you got the right fuel. Make sure you got the right fuel. For us as children of God, the right fuel for us is is the word of God. The knowledge, so the knowledge of him who has called us, or the knowledge of God, he's called us by his own glory and his goodness. So I, the knowledge of God will bring this picture of the life we're supposed to be living and how to be godliness how to be godly into focus for us. Seeing a picture, now you think about pictures and how they used to do pictures back in the 70s. They would snap the picture and they would take the take it, put it in the special chemical. You had to put it down in a pan, you know, before the instamatic camera came out and then that that picture, you know, it would be just like clear white. Then as the chemicals worked on it and different things, then the picture would come into focus. Well, that's what the Word of God does for us and how we're supposed to live and how the abundant life that Christ came for us to have and how we're to live godly and how we're to be as as husbands or wives or as children or as in marriage. It'll bring everything into focus. It'll be showing us what God's Word will do is show you what life is really all about. It'll show you how life is supposed to be lived. But see, the world... They want to show you how life is supposed to be lived. Go turn on the, the, the video. Go turn on the music video. Oh, man, they'll make you feel like having a bunch of money, a bunch of gals, uh, ladies wiggling in bikinis in the swimming pool and popping bottles and spilling alcohol all over the place. And that, That's what life is all about, a bunch of gold and black. They'll have you think, especially African-American videos, they'll have you think, and that's what life is all about. God be like, nah, nah, <laughs> uh-uh. Uh, flozy flow, or easy, easy, uh, 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 that's not what life is all about. God's word will bring into focus what life is really all about. God's word will bring into focus what true godliness is all about. God's word will bring into focus what church is really supposed to be like. You even got men and a whole lot of individuals. The world untold churches how, how to behave. Listen out there, children. God, I told you all this. Well, some of y'all going, you're going to run right back out there Sunday to some of this stuff. It's not the world that tell us how church is supposed to go. They don't, God say, we talk, what's our topic? We got that kind of power. We're the ones, we as children of God, we're the ones connected with God. We show the world how church is supposed to be. Not let's be crazy enough to let the world try to show us how the church is supposed to be. That's like you as a son. You're close to your father. Or you as a daughter, you're close to your mother. And you're going to let the world tell you about your father? Or people on the outside of the house tell you about your mother? What kind of foolishness is that? It's the world has no business trying to tell us about our Father. The world has no business trying to tell us about the body of Christ. 
The world has no business trying to tell us about our Savior because the world don't know him. The world don't know the Father. The world don't know the Son. And the world don't even know us. I am not even interested in what the world thinks about God or Christianity because they're blinded. What you going to ask a blind man what color you, how your suit look for? Come on now, in the natural. You blind, and I'm going to call it, hey, man, how you think my, how you think my suit look? There's something wrong with you. Now, listen to that. One of the saints said he's done something similar. I got a friend of his that's colorblind. He's asking his friend. All right. All right. So, so understand, you know, you know, we're the ones, we're the light of the world. We're the ones supposed to be able to see. It's not us, children of God, that bend to the world's pressure. It's us that's supposed to bend the world to our pressure. It's not us that's supposed to come into the world's way of thinking. It's the world that needs to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and come into our way of thinking. Some of us got this thing all wrong. world going to tell us how to sing. world going to tell us how to dance. world going to tell us how to dress. Well, uh-uh. No, no, no. We, we'll tell you all. Thank you very much. And if you don't want to listen, then let's see how it shakes out in the end. Remember, in, in the story of the prodigal son, they want the father that was lost. They want the father that, that bolted on the family. We are right children of God in salvation. We right where we're supposed to be. In the word of God, we're right where we're supposed to be. Living for Jesus, we're right where humanity is supposed to be. God has given us everything we need. We don't need the world trying to tell us what we need. We know what we need, which is to live for Jesus, which is to do what our Heavenly Father said which is to do the things that are pleasing in his sight. Now, if you don't know that as a child of God, then, then something's wrong with you. We got everything we need. Uh-uh, not getting it, not working on it. We got everything we need. Just like Adam and the woman in the garden, they had everything they need. They messed around and let the world, because that any, when you're talking about the world, you're talking about entities that are influenced by Satan. And that's what the serpent was. He, now the serpent, Genesis chapter 3, was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. What had happened? The serpent, the serpent had gotten influenced by the devil, and that's who the world is, those who are influenced by the devil. So instead of Adam and the woman telling the serpent what was what, they messed around and let the serpent start telling them what was what, and God was upset. And the same way God was upset with Adam and the woman for letting the serpent, who was influenced by the devil, tell them what was what, God is influenced, uh, God is upset with us today when we let the world try to tell us what's what. world don't tell us what's what. world don't even know what's what. Ask the average person. No, don't, I mean, don't, don't actually do it because you might end up in a fight. But you ask the average unsaved person, say, look, man, do you know that uh, you are under the control of the devil and that you, are on, you keep right on like where you're going, you're going to die and God's going to send you straight to hell where you're going to burn forever and ever, for all eternity. I mean, ask them to them like that, real plain like that, and see what the average person tells you. Uh-uh, I'm a good person. No, I'm just as good as you. I'm just, I, I, see, see, 
Why? Because they're blinded. The adversary got people blind. You got people on their way to hell. Don't think they're going. You got people that 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 that, that you know have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They, they think that they're going to somehow make it into heaven because they good people at heart. No. Jesus said, told Nicodemus, you must be born again. It's got nothing to do with being good at heart. First of all, our goodness is as filthy rags before God anyway. Any good you and I try to come up with, God look at it as filthy rags. Now, the filthy rags that the scripture was talking about was the rags that women didn't have cotex way back thousands of years ago. They used rags to stop their menstrual flow. Those were the filthy rags. That, that, that's, and who wants that nasty stuff? God be saying, look, your righteousness, who wants that nasty stuff? Only righteousness that God wants out of you and me is the righteousness that comes through our faith in Jesus Christ and our obedience and our submission to the Spirit of God. God has given us everything we need. Don't let the world come in and tell you anything different, child of God. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. God has got some promises for you and I so that through them, you and I might participate in the divine nature. The promises of God, one of the things they're meant to do is to help you and I participate in this divine nature. Remember I told you all earlier in this message, God has given us divine power. Well, that divine power translates into a divine nature. The reason why God has given you and I divine power is that we might walk in the divine nature and escape corruption in the world caused by evil desires. God said what I want to do is I want to give you a different set of desires. The evil desires always precede sin. You ever wonder, anytime you and I commit sin, it's because we had an evil desire. The Bible says each one is tempted when by his own evil desire. That's why we sin. That's a stupid question, asking somebody why did they commit a sin. They were simple. They had an evil desire to do it. And they acted on it. That's a stupid question. Yeah, a lot of times, you know, something horrific happened. And a lot of times, many of our newscasters and politicians and law enforcement want to bring individuals in and try to find out, why did you kill all them people? It's a stupid question. That's just a stupid question. I could save a lot of taxpayers' dollars. That joker got that message from the devil, and instead of casting it down and rebuking it, he decided to do it. Now, lock his eye brought up, asking, why? Why would you kill everybody? We just want some closure. No, I got some closure. I got some closure for you. That joker listened to the devil. Now let's say it's closure in it with this legal injection. Yeah, they, we're gonna we're gonna bring some closure. Then do something horrendous. Then want to play crazy. Uh, I don't know nothing. I'm crazy. I'm real crazy. Watch this. Start start killing crazy people too, and see on a whole lot of jokers stop stop being crazy. Do something horrendous. Oh, you had, let me get this straight now. You had sense enough to make a bomb. You had, you had awareness enough to go on the Internet, find out how to make a bomb. Sit in your kitchen, make a bomb. Now, I don't even know if I could make a bomb. You had sense enough and, and, and intelligence enough to make a bomb, to, to intelligence enough to set up when you were going to plant the bomb and without people seeing you, intelligence enough to know when the video cameras won't look at it and set the bomb and blow it off and kill off folks. Now you get in court because we done caught you and you crazy? No problem. We're killing crazy people too. That's our new thing. We're killing crazy people too. You ain't crazy. 
You're just trying to get out of it. Children of God, we got that kind of power. We've got divine power. We've got everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him. We got, we, we got great promises. We got the ability to, to walk in the divine nature. We got the ability to escape corruption in the world. All right? Here's one of your first questions right to start with. Give me five things that God's divine power has given us. Five things. Five solid things that God's uh, divine power has given us. Question two. What always comes before sin? What always comes before sin? Three, what's the only thing that will help us escape corruption of the world? What's the only thing that will help us escape what? The corruption of the world. Father, in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you today, Father, for today's lesson. We thank you, Father, for this day's daily bread. We trust, Father, that your people, as they hear your message today, that they will be blessed, strengthened, and encouraged as they go about their daily activities. We glorify you and we exalt you, Father. We appreciate you for so many things that you are doing to us, through us, and for us. And we trust, Father, that um, you will continue leading us and guiding us in your paths of righteousness for your namesake. Thank you, Father. And may God bless you, saints, and heaven smile on you. Saints, you can reach us through email at thechristensternchurch at gmail.com. Check out our website at www.ourchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Streetcast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 even 7 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444. Enter ID 17959. On type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christian Center Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our TalkShoe homepage. God bless you and heaven smile you. In Jesus' name, amen. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.